everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 215 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. That's www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media. Follow me on Twitter at Trags, of course, T-R-A-G-S. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. Joining us this week on episode 215, the one and only Kevin Duffy. He does a wonderful job covering the Patriots for MassLive.com. Kevin, how are you? Doing well, Trags. We all miss you down here, man. Me especially. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Kevin. I'm not there as much during the week, but I am there for uh, all the games and all the home games especially. And, uh, yeah, I'm not there as frequently. And I got to tell you, I do miss the gang down there quite a bit. I miss – you know what I miss the most about coming down there? I know what you miss the most, easily. You miss – Friday press conferences with Bill Exactly. Boy, you do know me, Kevin. I miss Fridays with Bill when he comes in in a, you know, a modified good mood for him, depending on how the week's gone. And you can always, uh, I think you can get a good feel for how confident he is about a game plan by how uh, expressive and glib and how willing he is to talk about the history of football, um, how expansive he is really gives you a good indication of how comfortable he is with the game plan. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think he, you know, you're always the one who, who has those, those questions that get him going. So I think he probably misses some of those questions on Friday. See, I, and I think um, a lot of people who follow me on Twitter know that I'm from Cincinnati. Uh, grew up, you know, a very loyal Cincinnati Bengal fan and loved Paul Brown and what he did and bringing football to Cincinnati. And, um, you know, there's always been that Paul Brown, uh, Bill Belichick, obviously, Mike Brown connection uh, through, you know, Bill's days, his early days coaching in Cleveland. What a lot of people don't realize is I co- I, <laughs> I coached, I covered Bill in his days in Cleveland in 1992 and 1993. And he pretty much is the same guy now as he was then, only I think he was more willing or he had a shorter fuse back then. Kevin, that's the way Mm -hmm. that's the best way I would put it. He would really not suffer foolish questions uh, in the postgame. Now, I think he just rolls his eyes and kind of, you know, dismisses it's the, the expression I came up with to describe Belichick is passive dismissive. You've heard me use that down in Foxborough before. And it's a it's the kind of description that, that I think goes perfectly for Belichick. Let's move on into to what everybody's talking about. <laughs> Speaking of passive dismissive, um their secondary was beyond passive on Sunday. And it's concerning, right? I mean, anybody who is following this team is like, what the hell is going on? You bring in uh, Stefan Gilmore from Buffalo, and you're supposed to have this super secondary uh, with Malcolm Butler on the other side. And all we've heard for, you know, pretty much most of uh, training camp, uh, preseason, and now the first quarter of the season are communication issues. I get communication issues, Kevin, if you're in you know, OTAs or in your mini camp or even early part of training camp. I get that, but not at this point. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. And I would say, kind of tying it into to how you're talking about Belichick's mood at press conferences, whew, today he was in absolutely no mood. He was, I would say, uh, 
passive dismissive to to uh, the the strongest degree, and that's probably because he's just not really pleased with what's gone on. I don't think anybody really thought they'd be two and two at this point, and it's just it's not only the fact that they are two and two; it's the way they've they've that's gotten exactly to two and right. two. Yes, you know what I mean. Like they, they've they really could truly be one and three. They basically have dominated one game, and they've been. You know, week one, the wheels fell off at the end. Week three was a wire-to-wire close game. And then this one, they had to rally from 14 down in the fourth quarter. And they had to abandon what I thought was a pretty balanced offense. They were running the ball pretty well in that game against Carolina. But they had to really get away from that and and start throwing a lot because they got down because their defense couldn't stop Carolina, which, by the way, was one of the worst offenses in the league coming in. So I think there's there's plenty of irritation uh, on Belichick's part right now just because some of the stuff that happened in the game is, is unacceptable. It, it looked like truly that it looked like the Patriots didn't practice last week. They, they had such little idea of, of what they were doing in the secondary. And there were just so many, you know, you can call them, I guess, communication errors that could be, you know, it could be a, a lack of communication. It could be one particular person just totally screwed up the assignment. It wasn't a matter of communication. It was just that person did something wrong on the play. But uh, we've seen it far too much. You know, they've given up, I think it's 12 plays of 30-plus yards already through four weeks of the season. And it just that, – that's really come back to kill them. Um, this has never been a defense that, that's been great. At, this isn't like Seattle or Denver. It's not a defense that ranks near the top of the league in, in yards allowed. And they're usually a bend-but-don't-break uh, kind of approach. But this year they're, they're still taking that approach, but they're also allowing these – 60, 70 yard gains at times. And it just, uh, the result is what you all have seen. I mean, it's, they, they have, if not the worst defense in the league, they have one of the worst defenses in the league at this point. Problem with uh, what's going on, Kevin, is the Patriots have always prided themselves in Belichick. Uh, has always prided himself on uh, GTFB. And we all know what that means. And they haven't been doing that. And you very rarely, even when the Patriots... Uh, the last couple of years gave up chunks of yards. It mm-hmm. was chunks of yards in front of the secondary where, you know, you know, if you give up, you know, 15 yards, uh, for instance, the play before the Hail Mary at the end of the game against Houston, the yeah. uh, pass to DeAndre Hopkins was like 15 or 20 yards. And Jeff, Ho- uh, Jeff Howe and I talked about this last week. You know, that's a situation where you have Hopkins in front of him. You give him the yards. You make the tackle. You play the situation. That's no big deal. It shows up as a big gain, but that's not, you know, such a big deal, even if it's not at the at the end of the game. What's happening with the Patriots now, which I don't understand, just because it just hasn't happened since certainly 2011, and I'd go even further back in 2009, uh, where they're letting players just streak past them in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, it's it's inexplicable. And, you know, not to – because it, it hasn't been all one guy, but the majority of these plays – Stephon Gilmore has just found himself kind of in the vicinity. He's just always around when these plays happen. So sometimes it's hard to pinpoint whether something was definitely Gilmore's fault, but when it routinely happens and he's always one of the couple guys that you can look at and be like, oh, it might have been his responsibility. I mean, eventually there's just a pattern here, and 
clearly Gilmore's acclimation is, has not gone as they would have hoped. And actually, you know, one thing, I don't know how many people are really talking about it, but they, they did bench him to start the second half. This and then Eric game. Rowe got hurt. Right. And then Eric Rowe got hurt on the first play. So the, then Gilmore had to be reinserted into the game. So there wasn't really much of a discussion about, oh, he benched, you know, the guy he gave $60 million to. But fact is, I mean, that was the base defense. And that was the first time, to my knowledge, that Gilmore hadn't been part of the, the base defense with two cornerbacks on the field. So uh, I would term that a benching. And, you know, right now, it doesn't look like Rose is going to play on Thursday night. No, I wouldn't he's, think so. He's, yeah, he's been moving around pretty gingerly with that groin injury. So they're going to have to roll with Gilmore. And Gilmore, you know, they have a tough matchup here. I mean, Gilmore is probably the guy you want covering Mike Evans. Yeah, right. Um, because Butler Butler just doesn't really do particularly well against those bigger guys. And we even saw that last week. Like, when Butler was matched up with Funches, he just – he had trouble with Funches' size. He's just not – I mean, Butler's more equipped to cover the Odell Beckhams, Antonio Browns, those the Emmanuel Sanders, those style of receivers. So they got a lot to figure out in the secondary, and I don't know how you feel about the defense as a whole, but I don't think it's going to be like a quick fix and suddenly they're, they're one of the league's best 12 units. I think it's going to be a slow climb to respectability because – I just believe they have many issues on defense. I think not what they're going to big place. You know what, Kevin? I think they're going to have to wind up playing more and more zone. They're going to. I mean, I know what Duran Harmon. You know, you were the star of my uh, video last week, by the way. My Twitter <laughs> yeah, shot of Duran right next to him. Yeah. Uh, when he says we've made it about as simple as we can possibly make it, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what Duran Harmon said. the The thing that he did not say is, I think they have to play even softer and Belichick doesn't want to do that but the only way you can really guard against these plays going down the field vertically so much is by Mm -hmm. backing up your safeties and and just playing a more conservative even a Tampa 2 ironically they're playing Tampa uh, on um, uh, Thursday night of course but go to some type of Tampa 2 and leave a lot of space in for your linebackers to cover in between uh, the secondary and the um, defensive line. That's the only thing I can mention. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned Funchess and Butler. I don't know if you went back or saw my tweet uh, on Monday about uh, the mistake that Butler made on the third and three when he gave Mm -hmm. seven or eight yards and essentially picked him out of the play picked himself out of the play on the Newton completion for the first down right before the field goal. To me, that is a case of technique mistake that that Malcolm can't make at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a a huge play. And there were a few, you know, Gilmore's the guy who's, he's kind of the punching bag after this game. Right. there There were many on, you know, there were a few on Butler, that one being probably the most egregious. There was... You know, Eric Rowe in the first half had, uh, you know, they played Tampa, or excuse me, Carolina came out in a in a bunch formation as as many teams have done because they've had so much success with it on a, what I think was a third and eight. And the Patriots played it correctly; they didn't get picked, and they threw it short of the sticks to Funchess. And Rowe had an opportunity to tackle him about three yards short short of right. the marker, and yep. he he just whiffed on the tackle, and they gave up a first down. So. The, the mistakes aren't limited to Gilmore. Um, Rowe, you know, Rowe was probably culpable 
in that week one uh, 78 yard touchdown to Kareem Hunt. So there's been there's been a few plays by each corner to be honest, and uh, to the one that that really was kind of maybe the most baffling. It didn't turn out to be a negative play. It actually turned out to be an interception. Another one you was when Malcolm, yeah, yep. Malcolm Butler just bolted and and, and ran with um, I forget who the receiver Bird. was. It was Bird, Bird, I believe, but he left Devin Funches right standing right you know, right at the line of scrimmage and had Newton just dropped the ball off to Funches, it would have been an easy catch and run for a first down. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's everything you said and there's, there's just, there are mistakes across the board. It's not just on Gilmore. I think Gilmore has been the one who's committed the most costly mistakes, but I wouldn't say Butler's off to like a, an excellent start in 2017 either. This episode of Pat's Beat is sponsored by Greats, makers of the all-time Greats, classic, stylish, and comfortable sneakers sold at a great price. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker company. They sell all the Greats, classic styles made the best for less. They have a wide selection of men's and women's shoes, versatile styles, suitable for, for any occasion. They also have tons of different colors and materials to choose from. Their best sellers, they include all, the all-leather Royale lace-up and the Worcester slip-ons. I have a pair of the Royale lace-ups and they are fantastic. They're stylish, comfortable to wear, can really wear them with anything. You can check those out along with lots of other styles at Greats. And we've got a special deal for our audience. Save 15% on your first order with our offer code TRAGS. Go to greats.com, that's greats, G-R-E-A-T-S.com, and be sure to enter T-R-A-G-S to save 15% at checkout. Greats also believe so much in their shoes, they offer a no-risk return and exchange policy to guarantee you get the right fit in a style you absolutely love. That's greats.com, and use our code TRAGS and save 15%. We thank Greats for sponsoring the podcast. Back to Kevin Duffy, Patriots beat writer for MassLive.com. Let's move on. Okay, we've beaten up uh, the secondary about as much as we can beat them up and... You know, essentially, uh, you know, they've had it handed to them in the 48 to 72 hours since the end of the Carolina game. Um, I want to talk about the hits Tom Brady is taking. And and Bill Belichick mm-hmm. uh, the other day on the conference call was asked about it. And he, you know, and he in a very surly manner, and I can understand his frustration, was like, what do you want us to do, run it 70 times a game? Is that your idea of how to protect Tom Brady? His point is... Quarterbacks are going to get hit, but anybody who has watched this offense right now, Tom Brady is taking hits at a very alarming rate. Not only is he 40 Mm -hmm. years old, but he is getting hit just as the ball is getting released. And I think, Kevin, it's pretty remarkable he hasn't sustained any serious injury because when he's releasing the ball, that's when the quarterback's most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think they got to change something i don't think that what they're doing right now it, it looks awesome because the numbers are through the roof and sure. you know brady's on he's on pace to set the single season record for passing yards but this is not to me sustainable i think they've got to become a little bit more balanced in what they're doing and part of it uh not to get back to the defense but part of it does fall on the defense because they've the game script really hasn't been in their favor they've been down in fourth quarter of some games so they've they've almost had to go to uh, passes that required Brady to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than, than he's accustomed to. 
but I think that they ideally they want to like last year they had a they had a run pass balance of uh, 53% pass, 47% run. Right now they're at 60-40. So I think ideally they want to be closer to 50-50 than what they are right now. And in a way, part, this is also related to the absence of Julian Edelman. I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot when Edelman went down, but, but his ability to get open within a second and a half and two seconds really made Brady's job much yep. easier. And he doesn't really have that. They're kind of, to me, they're, they're, they're adjusting to the personnel they have, and they have a lot of good vertical speed. They have a lot of uh, vertical players in Brandon Cooks and Gronkowski and Chris Hogan, and, and there's, a lot, there's, there's some great things that come with that in that they can generate big plays offensively, but there's also a downside in that Brady now is, is kind of having to hold the ball longer on, and allow these deeper routes to develop, and sometimes when you're doing that so much in a game, he's going to take some hits and I, I absolutely think the coaching staff is concerned about that. And I think they're going to find ways to try to generate some offense that lessens the, the number of, of hits Brady's taking. I, I know Belichick kind of snapped at the question, but that's probably because it struck a nerve. Like it, it's, it's definitely a concern for the team right now. Well, I'll tell you something else. Look, Tom Brady's never going to throw the defense under the bus, but when he says on Tuesday, like he did, we haven't been in control in a lot of our games. Sure. If yeah. you read between the lines there, that's pretty much him saying we've had to put the ball up because our defense has been given up so a so many points and we've been falling behind that we haven't really had the ability to control the flow of the offense like we have in years past. I mean, that to me it's it, it's pretty obvious reading between the lines there. Yeah, sure. I mean, Absolutely. What's the reason they haven't been in control? It's not because their offense is bad. It's because their defense sucks. That's, what, right. that's the reason why they've been behind in games. So, yeah, I thought I thought Brady was pretty – he was pretty good today on Tuesday, and he was pretty candid about some of that stuff. And and it's true. I mean, if they, if they are able to play the game the way they did last year, and they really led – they were in a good positive game script most of the time last year. Uh, that, that this wasn't happening. Brady wasn't taking 10 hits in a game. He wasn't getting sacked 13 times. And as I said before, like Edelman has something to do with that, but they've just been put in, I don't want to say desperate situations, but I guess, you know, the fourth quarter, you're down 14 points to Carolina and you're down to Kansas city. I mean, those are, those are difficult situations for an offense and it, it definitely shrinks your playbook. It limits, it takes out, basically an entire aspect of what you want to do. And I know the Patriots want to run the ball with some effectiveness and in some consistency. What do you think of the offensive pass interference calls against Gronk? Uh, you know, I know he spoke about this on Tuesday saying that, you know, what really bothers him is the inconsistency with which it's being called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would agree with him there. I think it's, you know, whenever you watch these plays, there's just so much contact both ways all the time. Like the, a defender gets up into Gronk and Gronk is trying to run his route. Like he often, many of these times, he's not really pushing off. He's just, he's just running his route like through a guy, basically. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of contact and I don't think they've been particularly consistent with the calls. And I can understand Gronkowski's frustration because you see other plays where there are no flags. I, I think it was in, I want to say week two, maybe, or week three 
there was a couple of highlights where he was just getting mugged down the field, like grabbed by two guys, and his route was just totally disrupted, like 15 yards downfield, and there was no flag. So, you know, well, I, there's I a theory. To, he, yeah, there's a theory to so, doing that, Kevin, and, and not to cut you off, but. You know, a lot of defensive players figure, well, we're just going to collection grab on every single call, uh, on every single snap he's downfield because they're not going to call it every single time. Sure, and and they're right, I guess, because they're not. I, you're right; they're not going to call it every single time. So maybe that's where the the comment about the consistency stems from. I mean, some some crews are probably more apt to make those calls than others, <clears throat> but. It does seem, from from my perspective, like it is pretty random when he's called for one and when he's not. I got to tell you, though, Kevin, it's real hard for me to decipher what exactly is defensive holding anymore. And um, it just seems like one of those gray areas that, uh, you know, it's one thing for us when we're watching the game in the press box not to know what the call is or why a call is being made. When the player doesn't know, I think you've got a problem. Yeah, I didn't get a good look at uh, Pat Chung's defensive hold on that final drive. I don't know if you did, but it it was on a running play, which was a curious call to me. Well, I mean, and obviously, you know, what we didn't talk about in all the bashing of Stephon Gilmore, what were the two hands to the face? Now, the 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 last one I thought was pretty clear. A, Benjamin's head snaps back, and B, it happened right in front of the official. And even Belichick says to, you know, Stefan, look, I mean, you got to know where you are on the field. You got to get your hands lower. You got to get the hands into the body. But, you know, the technique has got to be there. And, you know, you got to know that the official's looking right at you. So, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about that call. Yeah, that one was, to me, it was the right call. Like, it's, it's a tough call because of the situation and because it really had no impact on the play at all. But the, I mean, if you watch the replay, like, Funchess's head snaps back very quickly. And then as soon as the play ends, Funchess, Funchess looks to the ref and calls for a flag right away. And the flag actually comes from another official who saw it from behind. So it, was, it seemed like a pretty obvious call. Funchess reacted that way immediately after and the official from behind him uh, ended up throwing it. So it's just like, uh, yeah, not to, as you said, not to pile on Gilmore, but it's just like another, that's a killer, killer penalty. And he had a few in, you know, he had two penalties in week three also. One was pretty questionable, but one was a 34-yard pass interference penalty that uh, extended a Houston drive on third down, and then I think the Texans end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. So like he's in addition to these blown coverages, he's really hurting them with penalties too. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft starts every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there is a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, uh, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come on and join me today in Draft. Download the app at any time. Just 
search draft in your app store and join a game in just minutes or play right from your computer on playdraft.com whatever you want for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use my promo code patsbeat and that's right play real money game for free just for using my promo code patsbeat on your first deposit on draft just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and play for free with the promo code patsbeat once again this is kevin duffy i'm speaking with of masslive.com does an outstanding job covering the new england patriots uh for masslive.com and uh kevin i'm wondering about your colleagues Jay King and Tom Westerholm. I know. See, we we ran our paths crossed uh, crossed surprisingly in the NBA playoffs when you had a chance. I think it was to cover yeah. uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. What was that yep. like for you, for a Patriots beat writer to cover the Celtics? Uh, I mean, I love basketball. Basketball is my first love uh, as a sport. So I I love and honestly, I you know I started I covered college hoops before I came to. To Mass Live to cover the Patriots. Uh, used to cover UConn back down in Connecticut. But I love the NBA playoffs. It's like my favorite thing. So I, I was thrilled to be down there and helping out Jay and Tom. And uh, and you're the only person, Trags. There. You can go to any Boston sporting event, and there's a good chance you see Trags there. Uh, you're, you're too kind, Kevin, too kind. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, Jay and Tom might be the hippest guys on any beat. Uh, that I cover, and that's that. That is quite. What does that mean? What yeah, do I don't know exactly what that means. I know a, a Jay is one of the more gregarious, um, fun-loving guys on any yeah. beat that I've ever covered. He is, and and the reason I say all this is because I love busting his balls when he's uh, when I see him at the garden, and he comes in with his flowy uh, locks of hair. Um, which, by the way, has been trimmed uh, quite a bit oh, to start the NBA I didn't know season. That. Yeah, um, I, know that. I haven't seen Jay in a while. Yeah, and um, I saw him for the uh, preseason opener on Monday night at the Garden against Charlotte, and uh, I wouldn't say I didn't almost recognize him. It's just uh, I was like, yeah, Jay's probably getting ready to grow it long for the season because uh, when Jay gets it going, like I'd say mid-January, it'll be shoulder length or a little bit longer. Tom, on the other hand, uh, Tom Westerholm. He is a straight-laced, you know, very close-to-the-vest dude. Would you not agree? Oh, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's what I'd say about them. Tom, yes. very well-dressed guy. Very well-groomed. I think that's I think that's maybe what you're saying with hippest. Like, he's, they just got, they both have, like, cool hairstyles, <laughs> as stupid as that sounds. Like, my hair sucks. Like, I just have, like, a normal haircut. But Jay and, Jay and Tom are, uh... They're a little more stylish than than I am for sure. So maybe that's where, maybe that's how they stand out in in the crowd as the hippest uh, sports reporters in Boston. And I got to I got to tell you, um, Jay's Rain and Jay's podcast. Uh, I'm going to pr- cross promote here. Uh, it is a must listen if you're an NBA fan. He does a tremendous job with that. Um, how do you like podcasting? Uh, I like it a lot, actually. I like it. I I recently got into listening to them, so I I do um, you know I like I like recording them because it's more so like a conversation than it is like an interview. I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. I like to do you know I do mine uh, pretty much like twice a week with Mark Daniels for the Providence Journal and 
of course, I listened to a, a smattering of Patriots ones with uh, quick slants with Tom Curran and Phil. Uh, has to be probably my favorite. Um, they do an excellent, I like, yes, no question. Yeah, I mean, they're just, yeah, Tom's so funny, and they do a good job. So I'm a big I'm a big podcast guy recently. I don't know about, I'm sure you are too now that you're hosting one. Co- I correct, assume. and, and I gotta, I'll be honest here, uh, Kevin, I wasn't really super tuned into podcasts. It's probably as recent as last year, like last fall. But then I, mm-hmm. I made the transition and started listening to a lot of podcasts, both sports and non-sports related. And it, it's just a different experience when you're in your car and you can tune one of those on um, uninterrupted. It's just it's the way to go. And obviously, it's really um, the wave of the future. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm a big uh, – I'm into a lot of the fantasy football podcasts. That's what I listen to on my – my drive to Gillette. And then I think I could probably be spending my time listening to something a little more constructive, but I, uh, I need all the advice I can get. How can people follow you, Kevin? Um, on what um, platforms? Twitter. So many, so many platforms. Uh, Twitter That's why I asked. At, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't, I really try to limit it to just Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I don't want to get all these other ones because I waste enough time on Twitter as it is. Twitter at Kevin R. Duffy. And then all my, you know, you can read all my articles. My work is at masslive.com slash Patriots. What do you think, uh, how quickly do the Patriots uh, get back on track? Uh, I think they're going to win on Thursday. And I don't, you know, I don't know if I have great logic for that because the defense has looked so bad. And Tampa Bay is actually pretty good. This is not, even when the schedule came out, I thought this would be one of the toughest games for them. I did too. Because, yeah, because, you know, road Thursday night game immediately is tough, especially because Tampa played a home game last Sunday, so they've been home the whole time. They haven't had to deal with travel at all. And Tampa came off, and, and they won too, so they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. They're 2-1. and one. Uh, I, I think it's a difficult game, but the Patriots just, as bad as they've looked on defense, it's tough to bet against them for a full season, and of course, they could go two and three. They could lose, but I just have a feeling that they're going to win this thing and win it fairly comfortably, maybe like 10 points or so. And I don't know if the defense is going to look awesome. I don't think it's going to be, as I said before, I think it'll be a slow climb, but I could see them winning this game like uh, 31 to 20 or 31 23 or something like that doesn't mean it's a great defensive performance, but they, they don't need to have a dominant defense. They just need their defense to be competent enough to allow this amazing offense to do its thing. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth, a half hour before every game. Then you can catch the postgame show with Marvin Ezon and Mike Molino live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau, which is also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots post-game show feed. 
Available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. Want to once again thank our terrific guest, Kevin Duffy from MassLive.com. As he just told you a couple of moments ago, you can follow him on Twitter uh, on Twitter at Kevin R. Duffy. You can also give us a follow at Patriots underscore Beat and CLNS Media. You can give my own personal account a follow, of course, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsors were Draft and Greats.com. For Patriots content manager Mike Alonghi, CLNS Media executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, calling at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.